The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Jean Adrienne. And we're going to be having a really interesting chat with Jean today about her book, Power Tools, the Ultimate Owner's Manual for Empowerment. So Jean, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Peter. It is my honor and pleasure to be here. So before we get into uh, the power tools, uh, just uh, fill our listeners in a little bit about how your spiritual path has developed. It's always interesting, I think, for listeners to hear how each of us has got to our particular awakened path. Yeah, because, you know, I spent probably the first 50-some-odd years of my life um, basically asleep at the wheel, uh, <laughs> you know, allowing um, everything outside myself to propel me along a path, not necessarily a, a path that I chose consciously um, until I sort of started to wake up. I guess I've been on a spiritual path since I was a small child. Uh, I've always been searching for the truth, um, whatever that truth might be. And generally, it was a truth around um, spiritual beliefs, uh, I would have to say. I have studied every major religion over time, you know, up to and including going to traditional religious seminary, trying to get answers for, you know, where did we come from, why are we here, and what the heck is going on? Um, and I never really found an answer that resonated with me. Uh, and it wasn't until uh, after I completed seminary, um, I actually stumbled upon metaphysics. And once I did that, then I began to realize that, yeah, there's something outside the boundaries of everything that I've been taught uh, formally and everything that I've read and everything that I've studied and everything I've meditated upon. Um, so, you know, so I, I guess I was on that spiritual path, but it was a metaphysical path at that point. But what really sort of got me waked up was a healing crisis. I, um, I had a healing crisis, and it really re- uh, related to anger management, you know, I think I, I told you, uh, before, you know, some time ago that I'm a Pisces with Pisces rising. And so, you know, inherently I've got the world's longest fuse. Um, but something happened and a switch had gotten flipped. Um, and, and this happened about 15 years ago. And uh, I was in sales in the corporate world selling high-tech, you know, computer equipment stuff. And um, I was getting 
more and more and more angry. I would reach the boiling point almost every day, and things would happen, and, you know, something would set me off, and then I would end up having to go to the ladies' room and wash my face and, you know, re-put on my makeup and try to come back and cope and deal. Um, and it got to a point where I was really in jeopardy of losing my job because I wasn't behaving in a professional manner um, at my work. And someone had suggested to me that I look at energy medicine. And so I followed their, basically I was desperate, so I've got to find out why I'm not being me, you know. So I went to this guy, and I had a session with him um, on a form of energy medicine, and after an hour of working with this man, I walked away, uh, I wouldn't say a new person, but I was back to who I thought I'd always been, you know, calm and peaceful and loving and um, compassionate and all of those things that I seemed to have lost my grip upon. And so um, I began to study energy medicine and uh, eventually created my own tool, which is Innerspeak, and then started writing books, and then here we are today. <laughs> it's interesting you said you went to the ladies' room and put your face back on, because that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what you were doing in those days. Hey? We're not being in our true, authentic selves. Well, that's I, I had another wrong, and that's what you know. That's what the man uncovered when I had the energy medicine session. You know, it takes a heck of a lot of your energy to maintain a persona that is not who you really are. Absolutely, yeah. I also yeah, wanted to ask you another really important question, um, and I'm again, it, this is obviously a synchronistic coincidence, haha. <laughs> that, <laughs> that this week. Uh, the energy of, of Pisces is very significant. Obviously, we're in the sun sign of Pisces. There's a whole cluster of planets in Pisces right now, including Mercury in retrograde motion, and you are a double Pisces. And, and the, so, sun is, um, the, the, um, the sun is sitting right on top of my sun. Ah, I mean, okay, right. So, right. So, so the, the question I wanted to, well, first of all, mention to the listeners is that you may be feeling somewhat dreamy and spaced out and not fully present on the planet right now we had the full moon in virgo earlier this week which helps to ground us to a certain degree but there's still this tendency just to dissolve into the nothingness into the oneness for everybody at the moment because the sun is in pisces but the question i actually wanted to ask you gene was was i I, i'm pretty confident that you will have had the experience uh, of of dissolving into the oneness and becoming connected to all that is as a double Pisces that's almost inevitable that would have happened mm. and the question I want to ask actually is how you cope after you come back from that experience because I know other people have had that experience of, of becoming part of the oneness and then finding it very difficult to live uh, the, the mundane day-to-day -day life once you've had that experience so could you share with us your experience in that area? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, you know, we've talked about this before, and I think that the way I answer the question today is actually different based on where I am, you know, this week, as opposed to where I was last week or the week before. <laughs> um, the, the key for me uh, is grounding. And grounding is not something that has come easily to me in this lifetime. You know, um, so I guess I've spent most of my life wanting to be dissolved in the oneness, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Rather than does, yeah. dealing with the real world. But the truth of it all is that we are spiritual be beings that actually chose to come here to have this physical experience. So what good does it do to make a commitment to come here to have a physical experience if you don't want to be in your body, you know? 
and <laughs> I spent some 50 years not in my body. But what has to happen in order to integrate the experience of being in the oneness is you have to ground that experience back onto the physical plane. And I really do that now. The tool that I've discovered is magnetics. And, you know, um, and it doesn't have to be a big honking magnet to do it, but you use your intention and your attention um, to attach to the magnetics of the earth plane, you know, to the body's magnetics, to the magnetic of Mother Earth. And then you can pull yourself back down into the physical experience, but yet you attach to the physical experience at a much higher level of consciousness than you did before you went into that experience of the oneness. Now, does that make sense? It does, but I'd love to hear you also explain what it's like to be in the world not living in your body. When you're out of your body being in the world, what's that actually like? Can you describe that for us? Well, it leaves you prey to thinking that you're a victim. And so I spent some 50-odd years uh, thinking that I was a victim of my parents, of my brother, of my bosses, you know, of my job, of the economy, you name it. Um, I had all of the blame focused outside myself and completely not willing to realize that I was creating it all, all along. You know, so, you know, if you're not in your body, then you, you aren't attached to reality fully. Uh, I can I can only remember back when I was in college, and my college roommate would get so frustrated at me, and you know I had never heard the word dissociation at that point, even though I was studying psychology, we hadn't gotten to that, and she would you know she would yell at me and she would say, Gene, you know you never listen to a darn thing I say, and you know and and I would go, but yeah I do I always listen, but I wasn't. Because she would be talking and I would leave my body. It's a skill that I discovered, you know, very early on because uh, I was raised in a really dysfunctional family. And so it was much healthier to be outside my body as a young child, you know, than it was to be there and be part of the drama, you know. So I just kept doing that, you know, and if, if anything got a little bit testy, uh, I would leave my body. Um, and it makes it very hard to have any kind of a relationship, but I, get, I think the real downside to it, Peter, is if you are not present and not having that physical experience, you miss out on a lot of the real beauty and the real sweetness and juiciness of life that you could have had if you were present. Yeah, it's, it's a great point, and I think one of the points that people miss about spirituality in my in my experience is this uh, wanting to be part of the oneness wanting to be in the celestial realms but as you said earlier on in the in the in, in the show that actually what we need to be doing is embodying our spiritual self into this physical form as much as we can that's the mm-hmm. key isn't it yeah it is yeah because otherwise you know you have the, the potential of wasting the incarnation. I mean, you know, we've all been around this block lots and lots of times, maybe thousands of times we've had incarnations on the earth plane or somewhere to try to uh, understand what it's like to have a physical form and experience and learn the lessons you can only learn in a physical form. You know, and then we don't quite get there, so we come back again. You know, and we do it again. Unfortunately, we come in without those owner's manuals and the slate's wiped clean. We don't remember why we came. 
you know, we just like wake up one moment and we're, you know, we're back again and oh boy. Um, you know, so the truth is that, and masters have talked about this throughout time. It's been written, the sages, you know, and, you know, maybe the one that I'm most familiar with would be the Master Jesus. And, you know, and, and he basically told us that we should be in this world but not of this world. And that's really what it's all about. You know, you don't have to get ground down into the drama of it, but you are supposed to be here to be the witness to um, to everything, you know, to be fully present and to be um, part of everything that's happening, every smell, every taste, every experience, every touch, every word, every, you know, all of it. The good news, you're not, the good news is... You're, you're missing out on... The possibilities. The good news is uh, that, Jean, you've written the book to uh, bring the ultimate owner's manual forward for our personal empowerment, which we'll come to after we take this break. It's Peter Tong for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. If you are looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light. Where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Just want to remind you to go to my website, www.petertongue.com. I will have my March newsletter coming out later this week with a really interesting article that I've written about unconditional love and continuing our journey through the Landscape Zodiac and our Aquarius workshop of last month. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com 
where we have our Ambassadors of Light program and we have a class coming up this Thursday. Uh, and the nice thing about this class is it happens every two weeks and it's right up to the minute, up to date with what is happening in the world of spirit. And I recently at- attended a workshop with Anaya Sophia, who's on the radio show the first Wednesday in January of 2013, and she really set the year up beautifully for us. And I'll be talking about uh, what I learned at that workshop uh, on Thursday at 5.30 in the Ambassadors of Light class. So check out pitatung.com and myheartcenteredjourney.com. I have with me today Jean Adrienne, who's written a book called Power Tools, The Ultimate Owner's Manual for Empowerment. And Jean, when I first read that title, I assumed you were talking about some powerful tools to help us navigate through this world. I didn't realize that they were actual power tools that you have, that you have gotcha. described. You did get me. So perhaps you should explain to our listeners why you used power tools as the basis for a book on conscious co-creation. Well, you know, they're the um, the standard everyday tools, and in fact, some of them are not really very everyday tool. A jackhammer is not something I've actually personally had experience with you know, standing out on the on the <laughs> road busting up cement. But you all you have to do is be close to a jackhammer when it's in action, and you find that it's an extremely and maybe the most powerful tool that you've ever seen work, um, because what it does is it busts up um, cement. And, you know, so what are the things that hold us back from our own personal power? It's all the beliefs that we've taken on in our lifetime from, you know, cradle to now um, that have hardened and then we've decided that they are rock solid and they've become like cement, like bedrock, um, the foundational beliefs of our life. And we don't get outside their limits. So, therefore, they limit us to just what we think we believe. So in order to become the powerful human experience being that we are here to do, you've got to break those beliefs up so that you can get in between them and see what's real and what's not real. Tear them down, make them into small pieces, um, and then they can be brushed away. So that's really the power. The first power tool is the jackhammer. And the reason why I chose the these everyday tools um, to use as a substance for this book is because there are a thousand and one times ten um, self-help books out there on the market today. And pretty much a lot of us are saying the same thing to the point that it's become, you know, almost like, oh, another book on empowerment, blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to try to get outside the standard mold and maybe cast a new light on the way we look at our lives. And, you know, it's kind of like I said before the break, you know, we, we incarnate, we don't come in here with an owner's manual. And I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, owner's manuals come with everything we buy today, right? And how often do you actually read it? You don't usually pick it up until you get in trouble in the middle of the installation, Right. Because you know, if everything goes smoothly, you're going to take that new TV and DVR out of the box. You're going to plug them up, and they're going to work. So you just toss that owner's manual aside and probably forget where you put it. Well, my goal with this book would be to create a manual so that we wouldn't ever have to get in trouble. You know, that we could read this one from the beginning and move through our lives more effortlessly and more at peace 
uh, and more in alignment with how the universe really works. So that was the purpose of it. So having, having used the jackhammer and cracked it into some of those limiting beliefs that hold us back, what, what are the most important ones that you've come across in the work that, that you've done? Well, I think, you know, each of us probably has our own set of limiting beliefs, um, but they, they generally fall into categories, and one of the major categories has to do with fear, you know, um, and we get, we get set up really young in life, you know, we come in as a clean slate. We're this beautiful infant who has eyes that are filled with wonder. And we look around ourselves, we look at these these incredible digits, you know, on our hands. And, you know, if you've ever watched a, a newborn baby, look at its hands and it's like, oh, my God, look how cool that is, you know. And so we start off looking at life that way. But very rapidly we become hardened and jaded about the life experience. And, you know, the the most, I guess one of the first words that a young child, you know, when they get up to be around, you know, year to year and a half to two years old, the word that they hear the most is no. And as parents and guardians and guides, you know, we're doing that to quote-unquote protect the child, right? But the child begins to learn that they live in a world that is boundaried by no. No, don't stick your finger in that light socket. No, don't run out into the street. No, don't eat that bug, you know. And so that's where the limits get started. And so for each of us, because, you know, our, our experience is all unique and individual, we're going to pick up limiting beliefs that, um, that are a bit different from each other, but but they're they're generally pretty common. And so it's stuff like I don't deserve, and there's a whole category of, of I don't deserve limiting beliefs. Um, there's another one that uh, a category that relates to looking outside ourselves and thinking we're not good enough. You know, uh, there's another whole group of it that has to do with settling for less than what we really are. And that's probably the biggest uh, bad boy out there is this settling, is this not um, not showing our light to the world because we're afraid that if we show our light to the world, we will be rejected, we will be abandoned, we will, um, we will be hurt, or we will hurt others. So these so, are all you know, different aspects of fear, but they're fear nonetheless. And so how do we begin to make the necessary changes in that process? First, you've got to understand that that exists. You know, you've got to locate the beliefs that are keeping you boxed in. And how I suggest to people to do that is just to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and start making a list of the things that you really believe to be true. And then once you've done that, well, sometimes you'll look at that list and you go, oh, my God, I really put that down there? That's ludicrous. You know, because some of them are going to be obviously wrong. Um, some of them are much more subtle. And for the subtle ones, I suggest that you look at the belief that you've written down and try to remember where you got it. Did it come from your mom or your dad or a teacher or a priest or the government or whatever? Um, and then for the entire list of everything that you've written, to look at all of them and you know, really kind of get judicious. This is where the jackhammer comes in um, and bust out the ones that 
don't resonate with you at the heart level, that aren't really your truth. Uh, and once you can do that, you can begin to realize that many of the things that you thought were real about yourself actually are not. So you identify them, you bust a hole in the power of the limiting belief, if that makes sense. It certainly does. And let's talk a little bit about uh, attachment and, and, and how that impacts our ability to create what we really, really want. Absolutely. You know, one of the cardinal universal guidelines or laws is that we're not supposed to be attached to anything. It's called the universal law of no attachments. And you can go out and Google universal laws, and it's right there in the top ten. You know, I mean, the first one probably is karma, and then the second one is, um, you know, uh, conscious creation. But right there, you know, the law of attraction. But right up there with the law of attraction is the is the one about attachments and, and the fact that we're not supposed to be attached to anything. And, boy, we get attached to everything. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been attached to a lot of stuff over my life. Uh, I'm in the, in the part of my life now where I'm downsizing and I'm getting rid of stuff on a weekly basis. But... Um, you know, all that stuff just bogs us down into lower consciousness. So that's some of the physical things. Many people get attached to money. And we can tend to have lots and lots of limiting beliefs around money, which then ends up keeping us attached to lack. Uh, another one is we get attached to our children. You know, we're biological benefactors of our kids, and they never really were ours. We just committed to help bring another soul into the physical plane, you know, but how many of us live our lives vicariously through the lives of our kids and we manage and manipulate and control our children because we think that we own them? Wrong. We don't. They're here to have their own unique experience, but we forget that. Another big attachment bugaboo is the attachment to being right, (laughs) you know, to having to fight for what we know is right. That's probably the source of all the religious law, wars that we have going on on the planet, you know, and a lot of, uh, a lot of strife and struggle um, has to do with the attachment to being right. You know, and it, um, in the United States, you know, back at the end of the year, um, I don't know if you witnessed any of the stuff that went on between our House of Representatives and the Senate about um, the uh, budget Every side was attached to being right, and they could not hear what the other person was saying. You know, it got down to the point where I thought they need to fire the whole lot of them, you know, <laughs> because this is crazy. You know, and we're, it's looming up again for the United States again now, you know, um, and, and they're back into it, attached to being right and not being willing to look at another person's point of view. Um, another one that really blocks us is the attachment to outcome. You know, we think we know how it should look. You know, we, we pray to the God of our heart, the God of our understanding, to give us something. Well, and Spirit's answer to every request is always yes. So as soon as the word is, is out of our mouth or the thought is in our, out of our head, you know, God or the universe or Spirit or whatever you want to call it um, is already giving us whatever it is we ask for. But if we think that we know what's best for us, you know, and, and I need a vehicle to drive around, and it, it needs to be a, um, a red Volkswagen. That's what I want. It's a red Volkswagen, so God give it to me. Well, spirit has a whole other different thought and probably says it needs to be a shiny silver Porsche. 
Well, the shiny silver Porsche comes up to our doorway, and we don't recognize it as ours because we were looking for the red Volkswagen, and so we settle for that. And I'm not demeaning the Volkswagen, but, you know, from a price point, it's a lot less valuable than the, the shiny silver brand-new Porsche, you know. So we miss a lot of the gifts that the universe has to give to us because we're attached to what we think that it should look like. So the tool for that is the Sawzall, which is, again, it's another compressed air tool like a jackhammer. It'll cut through anything, metal, glass, wood, um, you name it. And if you can discover what you're attached to, then you can take the Sawzall and you can just be brutal at cutting off the cords that attach you to the things that, um, that are holding you back or holding you grounded into lower consciousness because that's really what it does is it, it keeps you from achieving your higher levels of consciousness that you want through this ascension process. So, Jean, we're actually coming up to our second break, which we'll take now, and we'll return with Jean Adrienne in a few moments. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Voice America for supporting me over the last three-some years in the work that uh, I'm doing in interviewing this wonderful group of guests that have been on the show and have tremendous support from my producer, Brandy Jackson, and currently from Matt, who is producing uh, the shows and is doing so today. Um, And this is actually, 
I'm approaching my 200th show. It's over 190 now, and they're all archived, and there's just an incredible wealth of information and expertise from some of the most grounded spiritual experts in the world today. So I'm really grateful to Voice America for providing this opportunity for me. And one of those experts is with me today, Jean Adrian, and uh, Jean is talking to us today about some of the power tools that she is working with and helping other people to work with in terms of navigating our way through this world. So, Jean, I'd love to hear uh, you talk a bit about passion. A lot of people talk to me and say, you know, I don't really know what my passion is, what my real purpose of being here is. So, so what do you mean by passion and, and, and how can we find ours? Well, you know, passion is actually the fuel for conscious creation. No different, you know, passion could be like, um, you know, when you're trying to build a fire, if you toss gasoline on it, it's going to flame up even larger. Um, and so that's what passion does to your intentions um, when you really set your mind to create consciously. So, you know, when uh, I think the thing that gets in the way of people finding what their passion is, is money. Because, you know, people, they think, well, you know, my passion might be this or my passion might be the other, but i got to make a living. I have bills to pay. You know, I need to pay the rent. I've got kids to put through college, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And once you begin to focus on money, you can't see your passion. So one of the best ways that I've found to assist folks in finding their passion would be to remove money from the equation. So uh, I heard this a long time ago, and I thought it was a really good way to do it. So pretend like your great-aunt Martha passed away and left you all of her millions of dollars in her will. But there was a stipulation in the will that said, Peter, um, you can have all my millions of dollars, but... You have to continue to work. You must work every day, you know, eight to five, five days a week. You've got to do a J-O-B. Um, and if you stop working, then you have to give all the money back. So money's not an issue because Aunt Martha's left you millions. So now, what, how would you create for yourself a J-O-B that would make your heart sing that you could do and satisfy the stipulations of the will and keep all the money? What would you do? I'm doing it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you had to get to a point, I believe, if I know I did, I had to get to a point where I was able to release that attachment to money and follow my passion, follow my heart, and then guess what happened? The universe provided me the same level of income that I was making when I was doing the corporate job and selling computers. It's just interesting how that happened and it, you know, there was never even a lag. There was never a place where I lacked for income once I began to follow my passion. Your passion will not only fill your pocketbook, but it will also fill your heart. So, you know, it's very important to, um, just to take the time to get outside the box and figure out what your passion is, and begin to let it lead you into the direction that makes your heart sing. And when you do that, then you're following your heart, and then everything else will fall into place behind that. You know, and there's a power tool that came up 
um, for me actually after the book was published. And in fact, I think I got this one maybe three weeks ago um, because the universe now is just presenting me with tools, um, you know, on a regular basis. And maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just really getting a big laugh out of seeing what I'll do with tools if they put them in, you know, right in my path so that I trip over them. So the tool that um, I think that helps us to follow our passion and stay on our direction is the telescope. So, you know what a telescope does. You aim it at something, and let's just say we're wanting to look at a star in the night sky. And so you put the telescope up to your eye, you close your other eye, and immediately this star that is billions of miles away looks like it's right, you know, that you can almost reach out and touch it. It's that close to you. So it brings your goal right into your face. But the other thing the telescope does is it eliminates all the distractions because you're focused completely on that star that you're looking at. Your other eye is closed, so you're not distracted by the birds, the trees, you know, the people wandering around or anything else. You're completely focused on your goal. So once you understand what your passion is, then it's very important to not allow things to pull you off of that direction, to distract you. And it's, uh, I, I wrote a blog on this a couple of weeks ago because, you know, so many people uh, at the first of the year, they do their New Year's resolutions, and they're generally involved around finding love, uh, losing weight, or um, getting a better job. So uh, I took the losing weight thing, and I said, okay, so if that is... If that's where your passion is, you want to be slim, trim, fit, and healthy. And you, you create for yourself a plan that's going to get you to that goal. Well, uh, along comes Valentine's Day, and you know, people are passing out chocolates like crazy. Well, the, the box of chocolates is a distraction to the goal of the slim, trim, fit, healthy body. And it would be okay if we could just eat one chocolate and move on. You know, but how many of us can do that, right? You know, we, pretty soon we've tasted everyone in the whole box. And then um, our desire for the Slim Trim Fit Healthy Body has just gone by the boards, and we start beating ourselves up. And the negative self-talk begins, and pretty soon we've sabotaged the whole program. So the telescope is a perfect tool for allowing us to stay in our passion and not get get distract, destroyed by distractions. Does that help? Does that answer? Really good, yeah. And I, I'm just thinking about all of the, quite as you mentioned earlier, there are some obvious things and some less obvious things and, and many of the distractions that so take us away from that path are quite subtle in nature and we don't realize we're being pulled away until it's almost too late. So, yeah, so st- keeping that focus uh, and that eye on the on the goal is very, very important. Oh, yeah, you know, and, and, and the subtle ones are really the worst ones, aren't they? You know, because yeah. that, that box of chocolates is not very subtle. You know, you can look at that and you can make a decision. Okay, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Um, the less, um, uh, the more subtle distractions that can be, uh, can lead to more painful outcomes um, are generally um, things that you wouldn't think of. Uh, if you're focused, for example, on building a business, but you get distracted by um, other people who want you to uh, invest your time 
um, in something other than your your main uh, core competency. You know, you can sabotage the success of a business fairly rapidly by allowing your time to be eroded by um, other people's ideas of where you, what you should be doing rather than focusing on, you know, what your heart is telling you you should be doing in order to achieve your goal. In fact, one of the, to me, one of the biggest uh, reasons that we don't uh, fulfill our passion is because of everybody else's expectations placed mm-hmm. upon us. Absolutely. You know, and... Um, and that's really uh, that's really a very very poisonous thing. I mean, they, you know, in, in the beginning of the show, I was talking about how I how this anger built up over the years, and it was because of everybody else's uh, expectations that I thought I had to live up to. You know, you've got to be the good girl, Jean. You need to make good grades in school. You need to um, be. Uh, a good mother to your children. You need to um, have a good job that you know that everybody else perceives to be the right kind of good job, not necessarily the job that you want to do. Um, you need to um, have a good credit rating. You need to never leave one job before you have another one. You know, and, and the list went on and on and on until I was being, uh, I was like. Uh, having 20,000 jobs. I was a nurse. I was a, a maid. I was a driver, a chauffeur. I was a, um, a builder, a writer, a, a doer, a beer, uh, you know, all those things. And uh, I wasn't really being true to what I really wanted to do. In fact, I didn't even have a clue what I wanted to do. I'd never done that exercise to figure out what my passion was. So, what is uh, one is one of the what is one of the most difficult jobs that we uh, we as human beings have to learn to do? To, to not not try to take on the responsibility for anybody else. Because you know what we you know all of us are altruistic and we think we can help other people and we think we can fix other people and we'll tend to project our own issues off onto other people, you know, so that we can fix them. Uh, but really, what we're doing is we're fixing our own issues. But but we can't create in anyone else's reality. And so what, what ends up sabotaging us along the way is that we think we can, and so we will do things and we will allow stuff to motivate us um, that really we have no control over, uh, and it's really none of our business. So um, I, I, an example of that is the um, the woman who gets into a relationship with a man because um, she has money and he needs money. And she just knows that if he had just a little bit more money, that he could be so successful and he could, you know, live his passion and do what he came here to do. And so she follows him money. It starts off as a little loan here and there, you know, and, Pretty soon, they get involved in a relationship. She marries him. She's paying all the bills, and he's basically doing nothing but sitting around twiddling his thumbs and, you know, letting her take care of him. So what happens with that is she becomes more and more frustrated, you know, until she gets to the point where she shoots him or she walks away or, you know, she just, you know, blows up one day or whatever, and he's still in the same stuck place that he was when she met him. Because no different than someone who enables an alcoholic or a drug addict, you know, to 
continue doing their addictive pattern, you know, when you try to create in somebody else's reality, it doesn't work. And you know, one of the things I think I found a long time ago has to do with um, what is required in order for change or healing or um, clearing to occur. And the first, the first tenet of that is that somebody has to ask for it, you know? Uh, the second one is they've got to participate in it. And the third one is it can only happen at their level of consciousness. And then the last thing is they have to be grateful for it. Gratitude's what owns it. So many times, you know, we offer unsolicited advice to someone else. They didn't ask for it. And we get attached to them um, taking our advice and doing what we told them because we know they're going to be better off if they do. And then we get angry when they don't do it. You see the pattern here? Absolutely, yeah. And we're actually, Jean, we're coming up to our final break, so we'll take the break now and return with Jean Adrienne. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Having with today Jean Adrian, who has written the book Power Tools. The Ultimate Owner's Manual for Empowerment. So, Jean, just tell our listeners how they can access your work and how they can get the book. Absolutely. Well, they can go to my website, www.jeanadrian.com. That's J-E-A-N-A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. 
com. And right there on the homepage, I have a link to both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. So they go directly to the book. They don't have to go searching around for it. And then um, once you purchase the book, if you come back to my website and input your receipt number, there's a little box right there on the homepage. You can put your receipt number in. It will unlock for you a bunch of wonderful gifts, hundreds of dollars worth of gifts that have been donated by my friends uh, for those who buy the book. So, you know, that's all there for you. And also, while you're there, if you sign up for my newsletter, I'll give you a link to the online version of my Inner Speak cards so that you can do clearings on yourself in the privacy of your own home in front of your computer to clear away those limiting beliefs and those blocks that hold you back. So, you know, it's my, I'm happy to give that to anyone who just signs up for my newsletter. And then I don't sell my list. You can unsubscribe at any time. You know, so and you can always still continue using the cards. That's an ongoing and, thing. And inner speak was was the, the, really the beginning of this for you. So explain what that means uh, to our listeners. Sure. Yeah, inner speak is like a language of the soul, um, and it's a it's a healing modality that I channeled twelve years ago. Um, it's uh, words. It's healing with words, and I use kinesiology to allow a person's higher self to tell them exactly what's holding them back and why they created it, why they set that up, um, and then exactly what they need to do to let it go. So an inner speak session takes about an hour, and it will clear away a lot of blocks in that hour time. My goal is to see a person one time and have them have such a great experience. They tell two of their friends, and that's how I've built my business over the years. I really don't advertise. I mean, I am on some people's radio shows, and I do have a website, but I don't buy ads and things to um, promote my work. It just, it's, um, it's organic and it happens by referral um, because it is very powerful because it will blow through your limits in a single session. Wonderful. So, so let's go to, to a really fundamentally important question and, mm. and in all the work you've done and your experience, why, why are we here? What, what is the purpose of our, of our being incarnated on the planet? Simple. We come here and we take on these bodies to learn about love. And that's it. That's really it. And wherever it was that we came from, and I don't know where that is, but, you know, I got my ideas and I'm sure everybody else does. Wherever it is that we come from, all there is there is love. And so you can't really understand what you have until you create for yourself a scenario where you can see what it's like to not have it. So we come here and we take on these bodies that give us the illusion of being separate, separate from our creator source and separate from each other. And then we play these games that make us see how it feels to be away from love or separate from love until we get to a point where we go, okay, enough. Wait a minute. I get it. And we begin to realize that we've never been separate from love because love was always inside us. It was part of our innate birthright. And that's when you start to wake up. You know, And that's why we come here. That's it, plain and simple, to learn about love. And returning to love and, and embracing that, what are some of the keys? I mean, obviously your power tools uh, are all to do with that, really. Yeah, but what absolutely. are some of the keys of returning to love? Well, you know, the gift of returning to love is finding that peace that passes all understanding in your life. Once you get back to that place, then you begin to realize that everything else that looked like not love was an illusion. So all the drama, all the lack, all the suffering, all disease, all of those things are really an illusion that we create so that we understand 
um, what what love is not. And then once you get back to love, then all that stuff falls away. And you begin to do what you came here to do, you know, and, and, and like what you, Peter, come here to do is to teach people how to co-create, you know, that heaven on earth reality for themselves. And that's, that really is our birthright. We were, um, we were placed here to remember that we could have it all, that we didn't have to settle for less than anything. And so, you know, once you do get to that place where you can remember what love is, and that that love is you, and is all you are, then everything begins to fall into place, and the universe provides for you all the money that you need, all the success you need, all the doors opening that you need, perfect health, um, you know, bliss, peace, all those things. And how does uh, forgiveness play into all of this? Well, that's the that's the bottom line of what we have to do is we've got to find all the places where we've stored resentment, and and we have to go back and do the work. And sometimes that work is pretty painful. You know, to forgive somebody for doing something really heinous to you, you have to get above it. You've got to go to the thirty three thousand foot view and realize that it it's all about soul contracts anyway. You know, and that, you know, we enlist our soul family to assist us to help, you know, to come to earth and to remember who we are and we do, and to learn the lessons that we want to learn. And we do it by saying, okay, so Peter, can I, talk, can I count on you to find me once I grow up and get on planet earth and, and do something really dastardly to me so that I can learn to forgive? And, of course, you would say, well, sure, Gene, I'll do that because at the soul level, I love you deeply. I'll do whatever you want me to do to help you to learn the lessons you choose to learn. You know, and once you can look at it from that high level, then forgiveness becomes fairly easy to do because you get outside the box and you're able to see that it was only a soul contract um, to begin with. And, you know, we signed up for it, so there's no reason to not forgive. But... Forgiveness is what opens all the locks that keep us stuck. And when you can find, find the wound that you've held on to, that you've become attached to, and you can look at the circumstances and you can forgive whoever was involved, it dissolves and dissipates immediately. And that really clears the way for you to, to step into that place of love. Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. So, Jean, we've actually come to the end of our time, which is amazing. It's gone incredibly quickly, and I really, really appreciate your uh, wonderful understanding of this and your work. So, for our listeners, uh, just a final reminder for Jean Adrian, www.jeanadrienne.com, where you will find her work on Inner Speak and also connection to her book, Power Tools, The Ultimate Owner's Manual for Empowerment. So, Jean, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciated your, your visit on the show. Oh, I'm honored and many blessings to you, Peter. Thank you so much. So my guest next week is Sandy Newbeging from the UK, who's written a book called Thunk, in which he talks about all of the agitated mind distractions which we touched on today and how we can be, move into this place of peace and calm and serenity through a meditative process that Sandy has developed himself. I hope you've enjoyed today's show with Gene. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope 
that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.